got to really think about benchmarking yourselves against the best of the best, not inside your own sector. Welcome back, everyone, to the CX Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Rose Earhart. On today's show, we'll be discussing the important correlation between customer satisfaction, profitability, and productivity with our guest expert, Joe Cawson. Now, Joe is the CEO at Institute of Customer Service. And as we get your perspective today, Joe, we're just excited to learn a little bit more about who you are and what you do, because this correlation is so incredibly important to how organizations make their decisions moving forward. So can you kick things off with a bit of your background and tell us why this is your passion? Absolutely. And can I just say, it's wonderful to be with you today. So thank you very much for the invitation don't think you could put it even more strongly than you have. We know at the Institute, there's a massive correlation between customer satisfaction, employee engagement, and the performance of an organization. And we spent a lot of our research and time doing that. So I'll cover that off. But your question was, who am I and what do I do for a living? At the Institute, we are a not-for-profit organization. And our sole focus and purpose is helping organizations, often large UK-based organizations, FTSE 100 organizations, to get better at their customer experience. And not because that's just a nice thing to do, but as you said, because there is real economic value in terms of improving that. And this is a real privilege to run the Institute. It's a job I've done for quite a while now, over 10 years, which is quite unusual for CEOs. And that's really because it reflects a very changing landscape. I mean, the types of organizations that are members of the Institute run across all industry sectors. So it's never dull, Amelia. And it's great to work with so many different organizations at different stages of their customer journeys. So some of them will be really impressive and really strong in getting it right. Others will be as part of that journey. Yes. And we are excited to learn more because as we discussed in our preparation for this interview, the post-COVID landscape is changing. With so much change in place, we do need that framework and guideline to follow. So part of your research and part of your work was establishing the UK Customer Satisfaction Index. Tell us about this. So the UK CSI has been running since 2009. And it's a really important index because it's quite large. It collects over 45,000 pieces of data on a 12-month basis in two waves. And it covers across all industry sectors. And really, it's a barometer of customer satisfaction. So it shows the sectors that are doing well, but it also shows the organizations are doing well. And it also shows the organizations that need to improve. So it's a really good insight into customer satisfaction in the UK. And what it looks at, it looks at over 26 different metrics, and it looks at what we call hard and soft measures. So it looks at all the things that are important from a customer or a consumer point of view. So did the customer experience meet what I expected it to be? So the whole end-to-end customer journey, it'll look at that. The complaints process, was that how I expected that to be? How professional colleagues are or staff are in terms of supporting me through that customer experience? What the digital experience is like? how easy that organization is to do business with. So all of those are functional things, but really important things, Amelia, in terms of driving satisfaction. You and I both know if the website doesn't work or the the don't pick up fast enough or all of those things, it really irritates us as consumers. And in the post-COVID landscape, we're much more critical and much more time poor, and we're probably more anxious 
So being able to deal with those issues is really important. And the UK CSI also measures what we term more human elements. So do I trust this organisation? Do I think the ethics of this organisation are right? Do I think that this organisation has my best interests at heart as a consumer and is really customer focused? So it's a huge index. As I said, it takes a lot of effort. But it's brilliant to be able to measure. And we've got really good longitudinal data across the board. So it'll cover anything from retail, government sector, so public sector. It'll cover manufacturing. It'll cover engineering. A whole range of different customer segments or, or sectors as well, industry sectors. So it gives me a really good sense of who's doing well, where we need to improve in terms of our overall customer experience. And one thing I would say to Amelia is, well, you started right at the top of the interview about the link, and I couldn't agree more. So in profit-making organizations, we have proved where organizations have above average customer satisfaction over a longer period, so five to eight years, they'll have a 10% higher level of profitability than their competitors. They'll have a 5% higher level of revenue, and their productivity in terms of human input will be 114% higher. So we know very clearly from the research that we do at the Institute, there is absolutely a clear link between profitability and customer service. So this really matters for all of us, whatever country we are in, in order to drive the performance of our organizations. So it's a really important topic, and that's why I'm so passionate about it, Amelia. Well, I can really hear it in your voice and the way that you discuss these different sectors, because the expectations are different. And they're also different with the changing landscape of the world we live in, increased cost of living and outside perspectives. The fact that we just have so many choices between different options from the customer perspective. And if we want to keep those customers, those best practices can move us forward in the right direction. And one of the perspectives and angles that we're really excited to learn from you, Joe, is all about approaching customer experience from a political and a government point of view. So tell us about your research here. Okay. So in the public sector in the UK, the challenge, I think, for organizations that work in a public sector environment is, in some respects, it's not a competitive environment because it's a service that we are giving. It's not about profitability of those organizations. It's about being productive. So making sure they're as efficient or as effective as they possibly can be. So the sorts of things that we're trying to do in the public sector in the UK, it's very much focused around helping them to think about how they address issues or problems. How can we get them to be more productive? Reducing length of time to deliver that service, making sure that the customer journey end to end, which is often very complex in a public sector setting, is really understood. Making sure that customers have their opportunity to give their feedback and then designing that customer experience so that we really understand the breadth and depth. Because in the public sector, which is different to the private sector, there isn't the choice. So from a consumer point of view, I don't have a choice to deal with that organization. But from the organization or the public sector point of view, it's a very diverse customer base that they are dealing with. And that makes it also even more challenging because I don't choose who my customers are in the public sector. So getting that right and really understanding what are the key things that really matter to the customer, the citizen or the consumer, whatever you want to call them in the public sector, I think is really, really important which means speed is going to be important. 
going back to the UK CSI, making sure actually people I'm dealing with understand my issues and problems, making sure that the digital experience is built effectively so that I can navigate that. Thinking about vulnerable customers. So those customers that may not be able to access digital forms, how do we serve those differently? Yeah, these are the sorts of issues that actually we try and help our members with in the public sector. Yes. And boy, I really relate to this right now. Here in the US, we're approaching tax day, right? So we're about to head into the public sector and start making payments and really interacting at a really high level of importance. And you do get that feeling that, look, this is the only way to do it. But that doesn't mean that we should just take what we get and expect it to be an average experience. And so our listeners here on the CX Pulse podcast, they love hearing best practices, best advice as it relates to CX strategy. So can you share some of your best advice and four best practices within the public sector? The first thing is really understand your customers, really understand. And to your point, just because they don't have choice, they can't leave you, they actually means that we need to work harder because there isn't that choice. So the first thing is how much research have we actually done on our customer groups? How much do we actually ask our customers? Do we track their customer journey? So through us as organizations, where are those pain points? At what point actually those handoffs? Because very often, particularly in complex organizations, the issues or challenges will come when we pass to somebody else. So how good are we at really understanding that and tracking that? So understand your customer, Track your customer through the organization, understand your customer's priorities and needs, understand their preferences. So in many ways, Amelia, it is no different in terms of what we're doing as it would be in the private sector in terms of getting that right. And then I think too about efficiency and speed and honesty and openness in communication. So if something is going to be delayed, then be honest about that. Explain where you are in the process as an organization. We're not unreasonable as customers, but we get frustrated if we don't understand what's going on. So I think full transparency and communication is also really, really important. So understand, do your research, make sure that you track your customer through that customer journey, understand their pain points, not your pain points, because they will be different. Make sure that you communicate really well and follow up. And even if it's a good experience, understand why it was a good experience. You know, often we only react when we have a complaint. But actually, for me, some of the most interesting is understanding what was good about that and why that was good so that we can make that more efficient. And then benchmark outside of your sector. We mentioned the UK CSI. One of the things that's really powerful for me is customers and consumers don't say, oh, okay, that's okay for a public experience. We will compare our experiences with our favorite brands, whether that's Apple, Amazon, whoever. So you've got to really think about benchmarking yourselves against the best of the best, not inside your own sector. Just came to mind. I was thinking about my parents and their difference in understanding of technology, right? Do you find that organizations in the public sector that work really hard to provide different opportunities to access the same services, are they getting higher customer satisfaction scores when they make those really clear and upfront looking at those generational differences? Well, it's really interesting because I think this is different in different countries and in different approaches. But I think what you're talking about is choice and channel selection is really important. So understanding preferences over channels, and that may be generational, but actually in the UK, depending on what the issue or challenge is, if it's complex, even some of our younger generation want to talk to people. So I think really understanding your customer base and really understanding what the issue is. So if it's an intensely personal issue, if it involves money, 
then very often we want to make sure we can talk to a person or at least part of that journey involves, if I wish to, having a conversation with somebody. And that means we need to make sure we've got experts on hand to be able to step into that. So I think that the view from my point of view is going back to that first thing I said, really, which is understand your customer base, whatever age, what their ethnicity, really understand who you're trying to serve, how you serve them and what their issues will be. And don't assume, because I think that's also really powerful. We tend to say, oh, my mum, Amelia, is 94. She's pretty good with tech, actually. And really understanding how you serve your different audiences and treating people as individuals. We're very much more about having choice. And I think that is going to be important. But I also accept that's costly. So what we need to do is make sure that when it is a digital experience, it's as smooth and as intuitive as it possibly can be. When we need to talk to a human being, understanding when we can step out and talk to that human being to an order. So we talk about a blended experience. Well, you're so right. And we can always tell as customers when we've been heard and listened to and really got to the heart of the issue. And it's something that's hard to define, but that's exactly what you're working to define so that organizations can make better decisions moving forward. So we've talked a lot about the public sector today, Joe, but we're excited to hear your take on the main differences between conducting a great customer experience in the public versus the private sector. Tell us how they do differ, because I can see a lot of overlap here, but those differences are stark as well. Absolutely. So I think the first thing to say is that customers don't differentiate. So as I've said, we expect the same levels of service, rightly or wrongly, from our favorite brands as we might do from a public experience. So I think it's really important. I don't suddenly say, okay, that was not a bad service because it's a public sector experience. And in truth, the sorts of things that matter to customers, so the things that I was talking about in the UK CSI previously, are still as relevant in the public sector. So did you show you cared about me? Did you listen to me? Did you respond? And I think also what's happened in terms of how the customer experience is developing, it's not about being given a bunch of flowers if it went wrong or a voucher. It's about actually stopping that problem from happening in the first place. And that's particularly important in a public sector position because if I have no choice and actually what I'm dealing with is quite a vulnerable situation, I need to know that you are going to get this right. So the similarities in terms of what we expect, so efficiency, effectiveness, channel choice, timely advice, understanding me, listening to me, competent people, all of those will be the same in each other sector. I think in the public sector, because some of the issues are more complex, potentially, some of the issues will be more intense or more emotional, potentially, then I think the levels of empathy, understanding, appreciation, support time to actually address that are going to be even more important. So that really important blend of having great tech that can help people to navigate quickly through to get to the nub of the issue and the problem, and then having great people to be able to demonstrate that empathy, understanding and expertise. It's not okay for people to say, oh, I'm really empathetic, but actually we can't do anything about it. That's very frustrating. So really having that good blend, I think, Amelia, is absolutely critical. But many of the nuances will be the same whether you're in the private sector or the public sector. Yes, this is really all hitting home because you're right. The expectations certainly are the same. But when it is the big life stuff with the consequences are so high, especially in the public sector, 
you really want that confirmation and security. But we are making those comparisons to other organizations like we buy our cell phone plan from or the likewise. So boy, Joe, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. And we can really hear your enthusiasm in all of your research. I'm sure our listeners will be excited as well. So as we wrap up here, would you mind sharing how we can get in touch and learn more about you and your research? Absolutely. So if you go to our website, we publish the UK CSI. It's available for everyone to have a look at. So you can see some of those trends. You can see some of that data. Obviously, we're on LinkedIn and all the other major social channels as well. So always delighted to hear from people. Really great to be with you today. And thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for being on the CX Pulse podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. This podcast is brought to you by NICE, the world's leading cloud CX platform. Go to nice.com to learn more about our innovative and comprehensive end-to-end CX solutions. That's nice.com.